Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town, I'm Luke Gregory and here's what's coming up today. It's another point on the board for Luton as we go to the Hawthorns and leave with a 0-0 draw, gaining us an extra point in the league table, which I think everyone would have taken before the weekend. It's got Steve Bruce the sack as well and uh, it's made it, I think it's like one loss in eight or nine or, or something stupid like that, but uh, things looking okay at the moment. Tonight I'm joined by Dave. Bataro unfortunately cannot be with us. Uh, I don't know if it's due to the fact that it's his birthday. And he wanted to have a night where he just sits at home and has a few drinks or uh, apparently he's, he's got the little one tonight, so we'll let him off. Well, he missed out on uh, a few beers of us, didn't he? Yeah, well. Never mind. How are you, though? I'm well, thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed the trip to West Point the weekend. And, yeah? Uh, yeah, well, I say enjoyed it. It was it was uh, a ground out point, I would say. You know, we, you know, if you come away with a point, then you've got to be happy. I think if you ever go to West Brom and you come away with a point, you've got, got to be happy. Despite their circumstances and where they are in the league table, they're still, they've still got talent in that squad. They've still got players that are worth millions of pounds. And to be honest, we kept them at bay. It, that's, that's true. And the, the amount of times I've been there and we've come away with nothing. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's nice to come away with something. Could it have been better? I think, I think they were there for the taking, to be fair. Um, we just wasn't as sharp as we've been in the past when we were playing away. So... You know, is nil nil a fair result? Probably. Could we have nicked it? Yeah, we had a chance or two. If we'd have played a little bit better, we could have absolutely taken them. That's how I felt at the time. They were they weren't great, and that's been reflected in the news that we've had uh, regarding Steve Bruce and Sacks, isn't it? They weren't great. They weren't cohesive. They didn't really create too many chances from from memory. Um, but then again, neither did we. But the ones we had, I thought we had a really glorious chance and. Uh, it was just one of those games, you know, where you was a little bit nervy at the end because a late goal yeah. was going to win it. No one was going to get more than one goal. Um, but you know, those are those are those are the days that you you're thankful for coming away and going. Well, you know what? Another away, we haven't lost. We've got a point. We move on. And like last week on the podcast, when we get to the stage where we look at the the fixtures, producer Jacob puts on the running order, like here the next five league games. When you saw. West Brom away and QPR at home and Norwich away and you just kind of think where are we going to pick up points from there but a point away at West Brom is a solid start it really I th- is I think you've got to remember we're not a bad side yeah. that's a good thing but you know when you look at these names and, and you look at the next five that are coming up you're thinking all of those apart from the one uh, the second away game in that list all of those are in currently good form Look at the say, uh, Reading. Well, top. QPR, as we see, Q- QPR the third. They're third. on fire at the moment. QPR Reading, Su- and Norwich. Sunderland are, are giving it a good go. So you can't assume anything in this division. It's very competitive. But don't forget, we are a good, we've got a good squad. We've played some great football. We just need to get our form at home running along nicely and then we'll be happier. Imagine we hadn't, you know, we hadn't mucked up against Huddersfield or Wigan or whatever else. Look where we would have been sitting. So we're not a bad time, uh, a bad side. So... Let's see what happens. We'll get into three-word reviews in a sec, but I know every club in the 
the league and every club in the world can say this about theirs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you look at previous results of this season and you go, if only we wouldn't have chucked it away against Coventry, if only we wouldn't have chucked it away against Wigan, if only we wouldn't have chucked it away against Huddersfield. And other teams can do that. But when you look at how comfortable we looked in them games up until... Until those moments. Yeah, moments. And it's so frustrating, isn't it? It's so frustrating. But still a long way to go. We get to the international break for the World Cup soon. And by the time we get there, we'll be in a solid position in division. And then we look to push on. That's how I look at it. I'm really interested to see how the the World Cup break actually impacts certain clubs this year. Because I reckon it could be like a little mini pre-season for some and it could completely like reset the whole the whole well, division, you know. And it could be the op- totally opposite. If you've got loads of players out uh, yeah. in the World Cup, they could get injured. So you don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that this division is really, really competitive. And what is there? Is there like seven points from top to seventh or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's something crazy It's ridiculous. Like so, you know... It's not done yet, is it? Well, so I was looking at the league table the other day. Swansea are sixth now. They're yeah, like three points. But when we played them, they were miles below us in crazy. the table. Maybe not by points, but position-wise, it just shows. It's crazy. Get a few wins together and, and you climb the division. Uh, some three-word views in of West Brom, nil, Luton, nil. Sparky says, solid away point. Andy says, another clean sheet. Matt, Sonny, Bradley back. Daz says, one more point. Charlie says, Horvath, solid again. Lizzie says, could do better. Fraser, five games unbeaten. Uh, Stephen says Bruce just survives but obviously didn't and uh, is now sacked Ben says still above Watford nice to go another point above them and Mark says score reflects game well, I was, I unfortunately wasn't at the game on Saturday um, I was driving back from Ascot at around 4pm and we had talk sport on and they kept going to the Hawthorns and the guy was like look we could play here for another two weeks and no one would score so I think at that moment it was like okay it's that kind of game where chances are limited and I, I think it was one of them that one goal, like you said earlier, would have been enough to maybe have just stolen all three points. I generally thought if we'd have got a goal first, I think um, I think we would have, we'd have opened them up more. I think they would have been a little bit more vulnerable. But I just I just don't remember really worrying about much at all. And then the last ten minutes gets a bit nervy because if they do stick one in, or you have a referee that wasn't the best referee on the day for me. Um, gives a dodgy decision and you and you lose the game. That's how I felt. So I'm coming away from there a little bit disappointed because we didn't perform as well as we can. So, you know, Lizzie, I do agree. We could have done better. Um, but overall, you've got to go, that's another point. That's another point towards where we need to be. Uh, and Mark, you're totally right, Mark. Score does reflect the game. Um, it was a... <laughs> It was just a non-entity, really, when you when you look at it. There was nothing for us to cheer on, really. There was yeah. not a lot to cheer about. No, Do you know, like, sometimes you have those shots uh, are really close or the goalkeeper makes fabulous saves. No, none of that Saturday. No. Just one of them games. One of them games, but you know what? Couldn't even get in the vine either, so there's even something <laughs> even worse, really. But, uh, yeah, it was... It was um, it was a it was a good away game when you come back with a point. One of them games where you just kind of forget, move on, forget it ever happened and go, right, write that one off. And move on to the next. Although, is it is it a Luton thing that, um, you know, Hull lost their manager just before we played them and now Bruce has gone? See Bruce come. You know, you know we've got... Well, for a couple of weeks, know, yeah. I was just saying, you know, we've got, um, you know, another, turn, another screw in uh, Billich's uh, ability, hopefully. There's a few Watford fans I see on Twitter at the moment making comments such as, oh, I'm scared to play Luton, a, a team full of passion and on a good run. Our owners, no, they're going, no one in our team's going to know what this passion is for this derby, whereas Luton are going to completely get it. And it's kind of like building me up a bit. And I, 
in the ne- next week in our preview, we'll, we'll announce this in a bit, but it's going to be a special preview show for the Watford game. But it's quite nice to see them comments of Watford fans actually being a bit intimidated by us and going, actually, Luton looked like they could come over to our place and, and turn us over. <laughs> They've been saying for a long time, uh, you know, we're not bothered about you lot. We're not bothered about you. You, you have ceased to be our rivals because they feel themselves streets above us. Well, to be fair, they are our only rivals, if we're honest, although QPR are up there, but not as much as Watford. And you know what? Let them think that forever, because when we go there and beat them, we'll be the ones celebrating. I, I, I just, I, you know, the club itself, Watford have gone down the wrong route. They've just definitely gone down the wrong route. Um, we've been there, we've come back out a bit stronger. Uh, they need to get rid of their management team. I mean, their owners. They need to get rid of them. But, you know, when they sit there in the Premier League, they all don't care. They don't. They, they think, oh, look, we're in the Premier League. They yeah. don't look at the bigger picture. So I can't wait to play them. Got my ticket. Quite happy. Next week, before the Waffle game, we're going to do a preview show where we have you call in. So you can call in and, and let us know what your thoughts are ahead of the derby. We'll put out on social media how we're going to go about doing that. Um, so back to the West Brom game. Nil-nil. One change. Bradley in for Onya Dinmar. Uh, it was good to see Sonny Bradley back in the in the starting eleven. He's obviously been in and out of it this season, but I don't mind it. Oh, actually, I, I thought he did all right. I thought he um, it was good to see him back. He was okay, you know. But then, then the whole team was just okay, wasn't it? But it, you know, whatever's been going on with him, you got you can't put aside how good he has been for us. So you know, um, did he play brilliantly? He was in the team. I thought he did all right. Do you think he's, well, obviously with Reese Burke being injured, it's it's almost like a no-brainer to put Bradley back in when you can really, isn't it? Why not? Because he's a solid defender most of the time. He does make mistakes occasionally, but so does every footballer, right? So, um, yeah, I, I was pleased to see him back. And you know what? You can rely on him when he's when he's in a good form. When he's in good form, you can rely on him. But there are occasions when he's, you know, he makes mistakes, but not as often. So he was all right. Quite enjoyed it. Chances weren't... Well, there wasn't that many chances, what I'm trying to say. Um, the, well, listen, the main I, one we had in that first half was the header off the line, right? Well, I would say we started quite brightly. Um, we were on the front foot quite quickly, but it, it was to nothing. Um, the one off the line, yeah, good effort. I also thought there was a, a fantastic cross. Um, I don't know who could put it across, but it was inches from Adibayo's head. All he had to do was let it hit it and it would have gone in. He was just literally a bit far behind. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I don't remember a great deal of action either end, really. And I don't I don't recall in the first half uh, being too worried about them attacking and I don't remember too many options that we had. So, the, yeah, the uh, the one off the line, yeah, who, who headed that? I can't remember who headed Pots, that. Pots, according to producer Jacob. Oh. Yeah, well, the Potts thing, the Potts header was really good, actually. Um, probably our best shot of the game, to be fair. Best first one on target. But we had opportunities where you, we could have, like in that first half, that cross, that I keep mentioning, Adi Bear, it, was, it almost reminds me of Paul Gascoigne's toe in the, uh, in the Euros, which you wouldn't remember, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know... A couple of inches further forward, he'd have hit that ball. It had gone in, 100% gone in. It was a really good move. Um, and that would have set us up then, I would imagine. Ross Brom had a few chances, one into the side netting, a couple at Horvath that <laughs> looked just a bit easy to deal with. But 
<laughs> just one in the side netting. Um, half the stadium thought they'd scored. Yeah. It was quite funny. Um, but, you know, I, I still didn't think they were going to score. But then you had that nervy bit, like I said already, you had that nervy bit towards the end where they may have scored. And then, then the game was over because you knew one game, one goal would kill it. One goal would kill it. We had a chance with Adebayo's deflected shot being tipped over by the keeper. Um, it, just nothing really could quite fall for either side, I, I guess. And I think there's a few West Brom fans on social media uh, when they were calling for Steve Bruce to be sacked, and obviously he has been uh, today, that people going, have we really set up defensively against Luton Town? And it was almost like that team's like Luton thing again. But Oh, it was definitely teams like know. Luton, that comment. Um, they expected to turn the form around. I think as long as they keep thinking that we're little Luton all the time, then they'll be up for a shock, you know. Managed the game well, I would say. Um, Steve Bruce didn't set his side up. Well, that's not our problem, is it? I think we could have. Well, I think we could have done a lot better, and we have done. If you look at our previous away form, we've done a lot better. And if we'd have played like we played in the other games that we'd won away, um, West Brom would have been blown away. Um, I think they've got. It's more than the manager for them. It's more yeah. than the manager. Five games unbeaten for Luton now. Um, it's, it's an interesting run we've had because it it's like we're picking up points where I guess on paper as a Luton fan you look at it and go I'd take a draw there and you're looking at the ones that we're not winning at home and you go we should probably be winning that it just shows again the unpredictability of this league you just never know what's going to happen the most competitive league in the country beyond doubt that's what I would say you know anyone could be up there at the end of the season you can't say that about the Premier League um and you know what, if in another five games and you say to us we've been 10 games unbeaten and we've drawn three of them, you wouldn't be worried. You know, as, as long as we don't draw the one we want to win. Nathan Jones in his post-match mentions... Oh, please don't mention it. Don't dreaded mention it. Letters. If he was here and you were going to have an argument about it, I would be leaving the room. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure everyone would be switching off as well, but... But expected goals. I did enjoy Nathan Jones' comment because it does make me think that they clearly, that's clearly a measurement they yeah. use. And I've seen there's a few replies to the tweet about Nathan Jones talk, talking about XG, saying boring, <laughs> what load of rubbish. And it's kind of like, well, no, he's, he's, he's got a fair point. We've restricted West Brom with a very good, very good attacking force. You know, they brought on Carl and Grant. He's worth like six mil. I think they paid for him. Right. And to keep him to an XG that's low, Nathan Jones would be happy with that, and rightly so. And I'm not getting into the argument about it at all. There's no, there's I mean, no, no argument. No, but the facts speak for themselves, you know. Both had a low XG, no one scored. It was good. It was a good, you know, it, it's a good point, but not a great game to go and watch, sadly. Um, you know, uh, it was like a little bit of a library there at times. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, but you know what? I'll take it because every time, every time I go to bloody West Brom, we don't win. So, you know, take a point away from that. Producer Jacob says, Steve Bruce has never beaten Luton in, manage- in his managerial career. Brilliant, isn't it? One draw and two losses. Interesting. I'd have thought we would have played Steve Bruce more, but... Uh, I don't think we come across him at all, really. He, you know, he was probably looking after people like Birmingham and Hull when we were in a couple of leagues below, so it doesn't happen often. But you um. know what? Don't if anyone can debunk producer Jacob's stat there, Steve no, Bruce has I, never been looting imaginary. I gen- genuinely think uh, uh, producer Jacob's done a good job there because I heard that on the radio today as well on TalkSport. Ah, okay. That's probably where he got it from then. And Luton won three consecutive away games in the first uh, from... Sorry, we'll do that one again. Town have won three consecutive games away from home this season and not 
Haven't done... Producer Jacob, sort out your language, mate. Haven't done since 2002, apparently. So they haven't won three games away from home, four games away from home since 2002. Yeah, yeah. it's just the way it was worded was a bit... Having said, having said that, um, it was Joe Kinnear that did it. Yes. I know that for a fact. You remember it? No. no. If I'm honest, no. But... Uh, it's all good goals, you know. You know, the the most important thing is actually form isn't that bad, is it? If we haven't lost in five, you know, I mean, we're disappointed with some of the draws, but if we haven't lost in five and we go we go for the next five and we don't lose, then you know that's amazing. I would hundred percent take that. Just looking at the next five fixtures. Well, the next five fixtures, what we got, we got um, QPR Norwich, QPR Watford, Norwich, Sunderland, Watford, Sunderland, Reading, and they're all in good form, except for Watford. Would you take? Don't. Losing your next two to beat Watford. <sighs> I really want to beat Queen's Park Rangers, if I'm <laughs> honest. I really Because we haven't beaten them for so long. and, and we take... Don't you think, surely, sometime that has to change? Like, surely, Saturday has to be the day that our fortunes turn and we beat QPR? Because I... Well, they're riding, they're riding on the crest of a wave at the moment. Third, playing well. I thought when I watched them play Reading the other night, I thought they rode the luck a bit. Um, yeah, you have to, that's what I believe. But that's how you do it, isn't it? Um, I feel like QPR, QPR as well have, have gone about it all very quietly and there's not much yeah. everyone's talking about Norwich and Burnley and Sheffield United and Watford and no one's really mentioning QPR and they've kind of snuck up that league table now into third and level on points with everyone else I guarantee you their supporters are thinking they'll come to Kenilworth Road and win because they're out full of confidence however um, would I take a loss against them and a win against Watford? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yes, you would. Uh, we wanted to talk about Sonny Bradley today because it was his return to the starting 11s, uh, the first one since the Coventry game. What did you make of his performance on Saturday? Dave, what are you saying? Uh, s- solid enough. Again, I think it was a, it's, a, it's a bad game to compare him in, really, to be fair, because really there wasn't a huge amount to do, was there? Um, for... You know, when I was watching the game, I thought he was okay. I didn't think he made too many mistakes. There might have been one or tw- one once or twice for me that he may have done better. But I think he's. I, th- I think what he is also on the pitch also is a uh, he's a bit of a leader, isn't he? Yeah. And when he's on the pitch, he he does he does sort of pump up the team a bit. So, um, you know, they didn't concede, did they? And one thing I always feel with Sonny on the pitch is that when you do have attacking set pieces, that he's definitely a threat and you know especially when we're live on Sky he loves to score a goal but um, but we didn't have that many attacking set pieces unfortunately yeah. and that's, that's the biggest problem isn't it um, but the defence didn't concede he may have he may have made one or two errors but then so did the rest of the team you know everybody didn't perform as well as they could have in my opinion so I'm not going to snag him off for that I mean I think it's nice seeing back in, in the team and, and starting do you still see Sonny Bradley as being one of the main starters? Obviously, he's been in and out of the teams, and people say when Reese Burke's fit, he should be our number one starter. I know we have three centre-halves, but do you see Sonny now being a staple in that defence, like he has been in previous seasons? Or is it getting to a stage now, maybe in Sonny's career, where it is, look, you're going to be starting some, you're going to be sitting out some, and that's just how it's going to be? I, well, I can't second-guess Nathan Jones, uh, but I, I would say he's probably thinking... I think he he has his favourites, if that's if that's fair to say. Um, a fully fit Sonny Bradley would be up there on the team sheet. But you're right. If um, if our defenders are all fit, maybe he doesn't start. 
But he's club captain still, isn't he? So, you know, they must still think a lot of him. Yeah. I think he's a great player. I think he's... Can he be... Will he be a bit part player? That's what you're asking, isn't it? Will he just come on as and when other people are not fit? I think you get a run in the team, your form goes better, and, and he stays in the team. Well, we asked you, what did you make of Sonny Bradley's performance on Saturday against West Brom? Chris says he's lost his pace and got done too often. Still adequate, but I feel we need to replace him as we push on further. Well... We will replace him eventually, won't we? If we get promoted, you know, then you you, you think the defence changes a little bit more. Uh, if we hopefully a little bit more, yeah. But you know, that's the point, isn't it? If we get top five, top six, if we want to move on, there comes a point where those players leave, uh, or they become um, used less, and they want to leave because they want to play more. Um, so, Chris, you know, I'm, has he lost his pace? Was he ever really quick? I don't know. Bataro would obviously be sitting here well, saying you know, there's nothing wrong with Sonny Love. We well, Bataro would say that, but he's not here. So, <laughs> you know, we can say whatever we like about him. Luton I say should be an automatic starter when Burke is out. We have no presence at set pieces without him either. Oh, you see, there's a good point because when he's when he's on the, the set pieces, you know that if the ball goes over to the middle or the back post, he's going to hit it. If he's going to, he's going to jump and hit it. Uh, so I agree. But we didn't have much of that on Saturday, sadly. Bailey says he was sloppy at the weekend, um, but showed passion and heart. Passion and heart, leadership, leadership of the team, getting the team motivated, making sure the team don't make mistakes. So that's invaluable, isn't it? Exactly. Chris says, probably not match fit, but helps secure the clean sheet. Much better defensive set pieces and is always a good influence on those around him. You could always you could always think that if the ball's floated across, you're thinking, oh, Bradley will get that. Yeah. Out it goes. Most of the time you think he'll defend that well. And that's what you want at the back. Well, especially when you look at the goals we conceded against Huddersfield and it's just dying for someone, calling out for someone to just get their head on the, the first contact on the balls coming into the box. From. Why did you have to raise that again? Just just saying. Just shows yeah, it when he's on the pitch that maybe actually we, we maybe are better defending set pieces. Well, I think so. And I think he would have, he'd have done well to have him against Huddersfield and, you know, those stupid headers out for corners or whatever else wouldn't have happened, I don't think. Charlie said he had a shaky start, but after that, was an absolute unit at the back. Shaky start, unit at the back, leader, name what you want. He had, he, his game wasn't that bad at all. The whole team performed adequately enough to get the point. If they'd have stepped up one more bit, we'd have got more than that, and he could have been part of that. Um, be interesting to see. I'm actually interested to see what our lineup's going to be for Watford and how we approach that. Obviously, we've got two games before then, QPR at home. Norwich away and Norwich being what four days before Watford I'm sure Watford probably playing on that Tuesday and getting an extra days rest but um, look the next four or five games are all crucial but because we put so much passion into the one we want to win the most um, I hope that the next two games so the QPR and Norwich games set us up nicely to go into it. Does Sonny, is Sonny Bradley someone you feel you have to play in the derby? Because he is, yeah, like you he, said, yeah. with that passion, with that heart, that leadership is something you need on the pitch that day. And he's going to really know, isn't he? Being, I genuinely feel there's not one Luton Town player that doesn't realise what that fixture means to us. I genuinely feel that. I feel that they will be moted by Nathan Jones. And Mick Harford steps into that dressing room, he'll bloody well tell them how important that game is to us as fans and as a club. He's got to go into that dressing room any beforehand. 100%. Surely the last word from that team talk and Mick Harford. Yeah, and then, you know, this is the passion that we want at a game. This is the passion we want our team to have. 
We don't want, you know, all those all those um, foreign players that are in the Watford team really probably don't don't know how much it means to them, you know. And that's no disrespect to their ability or anything. They just don't know the passion. I feel that our team is gearing up for it. And I'll be very, very surprised if they're not sitting there realising if they get a couple of good performances in against QPR and Norwich, then they're going to roll Watford and I can't wait. Selling it well. I am. Um, Wait for the preview show. (laughs) Some bits and bobs going on. Cotton Morris won Player of the Month for September. Yeah, he did. Fully deserved. What a player he's been since he signed. Oh, listen, um, now we we all know that he was our our most expensive signing. Um, His quality actually is there to be seen. When you watch him play, you just realise how good he is. Um, There's more to come from him. He's going to get more goals. Um, And it was nice to see him linking up with Adebayo more. Um, but yeah, he's a class player. We're moving into the last five minutes of the podcast. Producer Jacobs wanted us to talk about childhood heroes. And he's put on the running order here, and I think he put it on social as well. Which player was your childhood hero? Um, and look, this is going to be one where you're looking at the sheet here. There's loads of different eras. So I guess we'll start, Dave, with you. Childhood hero, which player was yours? No, there is. I've been thinking about this actually during the day, and um, I started watching Luton Town in around about 1970. And there were so many different players around there. Um, I was gutted. I really liked Peter Anderson, right? And I was kind of gutted when he left. And then you move into the era where Ricky Hill comes along and then Ricky Hill, for me, was probably one of the best players I've ever seen play for Luton Town. But then also, see, I'm going up the eras again. Then I like David Moss as well. And I was a little bit older then. So um, there are so many, you know, I think you could probably pick one from every decade if you really wanted to. Yeah. Th- then you've been supporting the town. Um, so for me, um, I've got so many memories to play. Oh, there's another one I've just thought of. I, I remember being at school and really wanting to play up front like the Futcher did, Ron Futcher did. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because childhood hero for me it, it changes it changes every every team and every squad that you have anybody in the 88 squad could be a hero couldn't they um but if you I had to pick one for my age group um or not even for my age group so sorry for anybody my age watching or, or listening uh you can't even get past ricky hill for me frank and many others said ricky hill is one of the best players to ever grace kenworth road someone said as well um some other good options down here. And I guess for me, being, what, 27 years old, my main memories are from 2005 and six and four and stuff where wow. we had Steve Howard that. and Kevin Nichols in the team. And I, I, I feel like James says Steve Howard here, Matt says Kevin Nichols, uh, Cody says Rowan Vine. And you think that kind of era was the era I grew up with. And it's one you look back on and you think, what a team we had there as well. And I think you can't look past someone like Kevin Nichols as maybe I, like a, a childhood hero growing up. <laughs> I love Kevin Nichols when he was playing for us. He was very, very strong. But the other thing, we just talked about passion. And my God, he had that, didn't oh, he? He's one that would know what the Watford game would mean. Yeah. And, you know, but he, you know, every time I encountered watching Kevin Nichols, and there was a game when we played uh, Shrewsbury away end of season. I think we were already gone up. Uh, and we gave him a bottle of champagne, actually, which is a bit weird. And I think back to it, but... You know, he really knew what it meant. And, you know, that's the passion. Yeah, I agree with that. So I can see why he's someone's childhood hero. Um, I look, I, do you know what? There were so many, but you know, the thing is with Luton Town, there are so many players. But when, when I was younger, 
Um, I also like players from other teams, you know, and as as kids would do now with the likes of Ronaldo or whoever else um, are playing. Harland. Yeah, Harland at the moment. Would, would be, but if you go to a school now and said, what's your favourite player in the Premier League? They'd all say Harland, wouldn't they? Because of the way he scores. Um, can I read Phil's one? Yeah, yeah, Godfrey go Ingram was his first hero. I love watching him play in the reserves and then in the first team. I was gutted he didn't get to play more. When I was at Northfield's upper school in Dunstable, the football team used to come to the, the to our school to play football. It was incredible. So the likes of Godfrey Ingram uh, would come to the to the team. His brother Graham Ingram was um, in the school when I was at school. So you know they used to come quite often. It was it was ridiculous, ridiculous. Were you playing when, when they turned up? Yeah, I played with um, Graham Ingram, but not Godfrey Ingram because he was too bloody good. Um, um, and then we got, you know, what about Preci? Yeah. What about Preci? There are so many people. Um, and can I just say, also, Keith said Bruce Rioch and then Malcolm McDonald. So look up who Bruce Rioch was and then you'll be. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was a player and a half. He well, would have managed Luton Town if he'd have got off it. I was going to say one from my era, Connor Sadarmit Berkovic. Um, oh, Burko though. It's, oh, man. And then I feel like, look, we've covered off an era here, but we're missing out the last 15 years also. Um, and you look at some of the players we've had then. and um, Who's your favourite player now? Conference years and going but, up the divisions now. And But who would be your favourite player now? Maybe like someone who's 10 years old might now would look at Luton's current team and go, well, Pelly Ruddock's my hero because he's been with them ever ever since they started supporting them. You know, I'd actually find that really interesting that if you listening have someone like a younger Luton fan in your family to find out who their childhood hero is. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause it'd uh, be interesting. Does, do, do people go for the people that score goals or do they go for the ones that are just the constant in their team? I mean, Ricky Hill was superb and, and there's no getting away from it. And if Ricky, if you're listening, you know, you were the best player I've ever seen play at Luton town for, without exception. However, having said that the current squad, if I had to pick one from the current squad now, um, I probably go at the moment for Campbell. I quite like him. Yeah, Campbell. You know, it's it's really difficult, isn't it? It's a bit. It's a it's a it's a good question and uh, some great answers there. Well, I'd love to know what you think, listening or watching right now. Who is your childhood hero growing up, or childhood playing hero? Because playing my, hero, my childhood to, to be really footballer. Fair, yeah, footballer. Please say footballer because my childhood hero is not a footballer. Okay. Um, also, back when. You're in school and you used to play football at lunchtime or you used to get like a bottle and you'd kick a bottle around and you'd run up and shoot and you'd shout a player's name. I'd love to know who that name was because I think back in my day, it was back in my day. How old am I, Sandy? <laughs> but everyone would shout like, Rooney, as they were scoring a goal. I'd love to know oh, if you if you did it similar to your age, what would it have been back in the day? And even if you're younger than me right now, do people run up to a bottle shouting Aguero or... Well, Harland, most, pe- most people know. these days... What is it? Most I want to know. Most people these days can afford a football. True. But, um, we weren't allowed footballs at school. The dinner ladies would take them off you and you'd well, have to have a bottle dinner ladies. I think we would have probably said... Um, I, I generally think at that time when we were younger, it would have probably been whatever game we saw on Match of the Day last or if it was an FA Cup final, it, would, it would recreate that. However, um, again, my era is Chivers... Yeah, look him up, Peters, look him <laughs> up, um, people like that. 
Well, let us know what you think uh, in a comment below on YouTube or on Twitter at Owen the Town. And next week, we're going to be doing a preview show for the Watford one where we get your calls. If you that could be interesting. are sitting here or watching this right now going, you know what? I'd like to have my opinion put across to hopefully Bataro being here, Dave and I on the podcast. And uh, drop us a DM and producer Jacob will take care of the rest here. Is it going to be more. a short one or a longer one? What podcast next week? Yeah, we've got loads of people calling Probably in. be a bit longer. But yeah, great. Um, and we're going to build it up so much that we're going to be so excited to go. And I feel if we lose, what we're not going to lose. Clip out everything we say for the rest of our lives. So and it'll be all uh, our fault. Do you know what for fans? Don't give a shit. Don't give a crap. Yeah, good idea. Uh, cool. That is all we have got time for today. Join us. Hopefully, hundred percent going to have a preview one because we didn't last week mainly because we couldn't find a West Brom fan. But I think producer Jacob's got QPR fan. He's just messaged us now. So, uh, yeah, sorted. So join us on Thursday for a preview podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week.